Welcome. With me again is the ever-wonderful Barb Kennedy, my yoga teacher and a yoga teacher extraordinaire. And she and I have had several conversations thus far on this show, but today we're going to talk about something a little different. But first, I want to say welcome, Barb. Thank you, Alex. What a treat to be here with you. So, We've talked about monkey mind. We've talked about calming the monkey mind. We've talked about meditation. People walk into yoga, though, with a lot of issues. I don't know anybody who doesn't have some kind of emotional or mental or physical challenge or spiritual challenge. So how, how does yoga help that? Well... All of these challenges are called being human. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody's perfect. And uh, Swami Rama used to say, quit trying to be perfect. To be perfect is to be perfectly boring. So far, it hasn't worked for me. (laughs) Me neither. Me neither. I I still have these really high expectations of myself sometimes, but I'm getting a lot better at letting it go. So I guess the practice is beginning to work. Well, after 35 years, Barb, you know, (laughs) I think you're way ahead of the rest of us. I don't know. I've read a lot more books, that's for sure. So let's say somebody comes and they've had trauma in their past. Okay. Well, you know, people walk in the door for a lot of different reasons. And some people think they're just going to come into yoga and relax. And indeed, they get to the final relaxation and they fall asleep and snore. Uh, And other people are, they really want or maybe already have a spiritual path. Maybe they've already practiced yoga with a different teacher. Maybe they're already a meditator and have a, a particular system. But sometimes people come in And they start doing postures, and right away or later, the issues in their tissues begin to open up because the postures, the stretching, the breathing, the stillness, sometimes memories pop up from those areas of the body. And then all of a sudden, I'll speak for myself, I'm watching old movies going, wow, where did that come from? And then I'll see if it relates to the posture I'm in or the posture I was just doing. And frequently, almost always, yes, it is related to that posture. Now, for instance, I've taught some classes over the years where a young woman would start crying. I'm thinking of one person in particular. The tears started to roll, and it was after hip openers. Second class. Same postures, tears. Third class, same postures, more tears. Only this time, she came up and she said, I was incested, and I'm seeing a counselor. But whenever I do these postures, all of this stuff just opens up again. And I was very empathetic, and I didn't have a clue how to help this woman. So I said, let me do some research. And I called on the phone a doctor in Milwaukee that I had met at the Himalayan Institute in Pennsylvania. I don't know if he's still practicing or not. A a medical doctor, psychiatrist, yogi, meditator, Ayurvedic physician, homeopath. I called him up and I said, Dale, 
what do I do with this? How do I help this woman? He said, the first thing you do is assure her that she is safe, that this is not happening to her now, and it's never going to happen to her again, that she's strong and she's in control. But her body mind has said also, this is also a safe place for this to come out because it's better out than in. So you assure her what she's going through is right on time, right on target. And then you teach her some deep core abdominal strengthening work. And he reviewed those with me, and I know those practices for abdominal core in yoga. And so the next week I was able to go back to her and show her these core exercises. And she began to smile. She said, I feel like I've got control over this area of my body again, and I'm safe. So using yoga and her counseling, I'm sure she made a lot of progress. And the tears continued for a little while, and then they stopped. It was exactly what she needed at the right time. To get that kind of release. Yeah. So powerful. Release and sense of safety and control again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's powerful, powerful stuff. Now, when I lived at the Himalayan Institute, the president of the Institute, Dr. Ballantyne, like Dr. Beagle, uh, a medical doctor, a psychiatrist, a homeopath, an Ayurveda, a meditator, a yogi, the whole shebang, and he told us a story about a man who came to him not a resident, somebody who came from, from town, who was card-carrying, bipolar, on medication, and really tired of it. So Dr. Ballantyne worked with him with psychotherapy, meditation, diet, some high-powered homeopathic remedies, and yoga postures. And this man took this so seriously. He was determined. Every single day, he did an hour of yoga, but during that hour of yoga, he might only do two or three or four poses, and that was it. And during those poses, the issues would come up, and he would process his way, which I would imagine would be crying or yelling or whatever he needed to do in the privacy of his own home. A year and a half, two years later, he was completely off of his meds, no longer bipolar. Wow. Yeah. Powerful stuff. Really powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I cannot offer that in my yoga classes. <laughs> <laughs> I am not in any way qualified. But this is the power, uh, the potential of self-transformation with the right person offering the right modalities. The issue that is in your tissues, mm -hmm. no matter what it is, differs from person to person. Oh, yeah. And I would imagine, depending on the issue, differs to the corresponding chakra mm -hmm. in your body. And I know that there are postures or poses that are specific to certain challenges. So mm -hmm. with this woman, you worked with her, strengthening her abdominal muscles. Mm -hmm. For someone, let's say somebody who was always told to, to not speak, mm. you know, who was constantly being told, be quiet. Right. And, you, and you're not valuable and your opinion isn't valuable. 
So that's a different chakra, and there's I know that you have different things that you would think to help them. Sure. Well, I actually have a good friend whose husband uh, betrayed her, and she was so locked up in her body trying to be the good meditator, the good spiritual person. She was going to rise above these emotions of being betrayed, and she was not going to come on unhinged and but she she couldn't hardly move in her body and so I said hey let's do just a little yoga I was back from the Himalayan Institute for a couple of weeks let's just do some real gentle stuff she could barely move but what she did opened her up and she told me that the next day it blew open her throat chakra and she screamed at him and she let him have it. Well, he deserved it, but she had to get that out of her system. So we have this perception, oh, so spiritual, oh, so holy, wear white, give up all your stuff and be a holy, holy person. Wrong. That is so wrong. We are in a physical body on this crazy insane planet and we've got to process this stuff I'd like to share one of mine okay a lot of people walk in the doors of the Himalayan Institute and I would imagine most uh, spiritual retreat centers and ashrams like it Uh, I was one of those walking wounded I myself was just out of a divorce no matter how amicable, they're tough. And I had so much stuff that I had shoved down. I had a lot of anger and rage and resentment. Yeah, tell me nobody else knows what I'm talking about. And I'd been living out there for months. And I went to one of the weekly talks that Pandit Rajmani Tiganayat used to offer for the residents. And he started talking about a pose called Yoga Mudra. I'd never heard of it. Yoga Mudra is a forward bend, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. I decided to do this pose in my room, kneeling, with my fists balled up into my hip creases, right where your panty line is, you know? So the pressure of my hands and fists was going into my lower abdomen, second chakra. Because Pandit Rajmani said, if you're feeling really stuck in these emotions of rage, anger, resentment, you need to get into yoga mudra and build up to being able to hold it 25 minutes. (laughs) I thought, this is crazy, but I was desperate and I thought, I'm going to do this. So I built up and I built up and the last time I did it in that particular situation, it was 25 minutes of alternating between bliss and pure hell. I had a timer, so I would know when to come out of this. I would get into this pose all hunkered down. It's like child's pose, but with your fists into your lower abdomen. And your forehead is on the floor? My forehead was on the floor, but I'm flexible enough to get into that. Okay, you could put a yoga block underneath your forehead. You could have support. I'm going to offer different ideas for this pose. So I'm in this pose and everything's all comfortable and all just fine and relaxing. And then this wave of intense emotion would just roll up. Not with a memory, just the emotion. 
And I felt like if I didn't just get ju jump up and run around the room and scream, that's all I wanted to do. But I took a deep breath or several breaths and then I settled back down and I just let it pass and move through me. I didn't try and shove it down. I didn't jump up and run. I just stayed there. This went on for 25 minutes. The last five minutes, I think, was just completely relaxing. When I sat up out of the pose, I don't remember when I'd ever felt so relaxed in my life. And I tried to remember what I had been so angry about and holding on to for months, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember, it was gone. It finally came to me two weeks later, and I thought, that, that, <laughs> that, that's the stupidest thing. I can't believe I held on to that for so long. That was so dumb, and I just laughed and went on, and it was gone. This is the power the potential power of yoga mudra. I had an advanced group of people um, many years ago, really advanced yogis, and I'd say, okay, yoga mudra, everybody, five minutes. They would cheer. <laughs> then after a few months of that, they'd say, how about 10 minutes? Can we do 10 minutes? Sure. And if you could see their before faces and their after faces, it was amazing the calm and serenity and and just the smooth relaxed expressions on their faces was beautiful so why does that posture work that way i i understand if you put your fists on your abdomen second mm -hmm. chakra i understand that um sort of leaning over and forward and mm -hmm. and i guess surrendering to exactly so is that just it? It's that you've surrendered? Yes. All forward bends are symbolic of surrender. Surrender does not mean giving up. It means I need help, and I'm willing to ask for help. So maybe part of someone's process might be asking for help. Maybe it might be prayer. Maybe it might be a mantra. Maybe it might be continual forgiving of self and other people. It is just whatever you need it to be. But forward bends are about surrender and letting go. And symbolically, when you're in child's pose or yoga mudra, your head is lower than your heart. So you're getting your mind out of the way and you're letting the wisdom of your heart take prominence. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It, that makes me want to do yoga mudra every day. It would be a very valuable practice. Yeah. So what do you do if you've got bad knees, bad hips, and bad ankles? Anything goes. And what if you've got arthritic hands and, and, and it hurts your fingers to ball them up and put them into your lower abdomen? Well, you get tennis balls. Or if tennis balls, I've got a basket of tennis balls in my yoga studio. Some people just grab them when they walk in. It's great. They know what to do. Or if tennis balls are too hard or too big, roll up a couple socks and use those instead. For me, yoga mudra variation with the pressure in my lower abdomen is what I need. I would not do this if I were a young woman in uh, the menstrual cycle. It's too much pressure. Don't do it. Wait till it's all done. Other ways you can do it. You can sit. 
just sit with your legs folded. What if you can't sit with your legs folded? Sit with your legs out in front. Prop your knees up. It doesn't matter. I have a student that would come in every single class, grab a couple of tennis balls, and lie on her stomach with the tennis balls in her hip creases. And that's how she processed. So whatever works. That's so interesting. And it's such a powerful pose, but it's so simple. I know. Isn't it beautiful? Yeah, it's it's fantastic because I've been practicing the corpse pose a lot. <laughs> Another one symbolic of, of surrender. Well, you know, when you're running around all day long and zoom, 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 uh, literally, literally, yeah, <laughs> literally, and it, it, it feels like you've got to offer yourself some way to transition into a calmer, nurturing state of self-care. Yeah, and this would be a great pose to do for a few minutes before uh, meditation. I had a woman tell me that she did yoga mudra for one minute a day and it kept her from yelling at her kids. So it doesn't have to be 25 minutes. Right. She needed one minute. Yeah. Whatever works. Yeah, better than a shot of vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Well... (laughs) Okay. We'll debate that later. Some might disagree. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) You never know. So you, as a student of yoga, you had all that training and all these years of teaching. What, what What is it that you still want to learn? Hoy. I think for me and so many other people, is complete self-love and self-acceptance. Yeah, the continual letting go of expectations of myself. Because when I expect great things of myself, I can project that out and expect great things of other people, which is completely unfair. I see one of the huge goals of yoga is what you do with it off of the mat. If you're just doing yoga on the mat, what good is it? You've got to be able to do it off the mat. Can I, can I tell you another story? Sure. I'm going to completely rat myself out here. Okay. Just when you think you're all enlightened, oh my goodness. With COVID, my dog and I have been getting lots and lots of walks. And we were about a half a mile or so from the house, and Molly, my dog, just stopped in a neighbor's yard just a few inches in just to sniff leaves. She wasn't leaving any traces at all. She was just sniffing leaves. And I wasn't paying much attention because it was just layers and layers of dead leaves. And then this neighbor comes out of his house and starts yelling and screaming at me to get my dog out of his leaves. And I think this is crazy. And the thing is, I was already in a foul mood when I was walking Molly. I was angry, probably at my husband. And I'm angry and going, walking along. Well, what he came out and did, yelling at me at what I thought was completely unreasonable, it triggered me. And I went off. And I turned around and I yelled at him. Here I am, all these years of yoga yelling at my neighbor. I couldn't believe it, but I wasn't backing down. And I said, 
blah, 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 blah. I've got poo bags right here. I would pick it up if she left anything. That doesn't matter. Get your dog out of my yard, blah, blah, blah. I finally threw up my hands and said, you're right, point made, and walked away. That bugged me, oh my word. I couldn't believe I did that, and yet I hung on to it for a while, thinking I was perfectly justified defending my dog. Well, I realized when I got home, this was two first chakras at war. First chakra, he was defending his home. First chakra, I was defending my family. <laughs> and if I could have seen the energy between us, it would have been red, just flying. First chakra red energy, just going to war. And I thought, well, okay, go ahead, be mad for a while. Now get over it. So I started processing. The first thing I thought of was, what was it within me that drew this experience to me? Because you can only be triggered if it's already inside you. He came out, he showed his anger, it triggered my anger so that I could look at my own anger and go, all right, this is what I need to transform. So I started working on that, and then it lifted, and it lifted, and it lifted, and I completely forgave myself. I felt incredible gratitude to God, saying, thank you, God, for putting me in this situation so that I could see my own anger reflected back at me, and I can change that. Thank you, God. This is wonderful. I'm so grateful for this experience. Wouldn't it be nice if I was to walk my dog again and see this neighbor? I had never seen this neighbor in the three years he had lived in his house. We were walking by another time. The next day, his garage doors open. I think, oh my gosh, here's my chance. So I call to him. He comes out and I say, hey, I'm the lady that was yelling at you. I'm really, really sorry. I hope you can forgive me. I don't usually go around yelling at anybody, much less my neighbors. I was in a bad mood, and I'm really sorry. I hope you can forgive me. And he goes, oh, no worries, no problem. We went on to have a lovely conversation. I know his name. He knows mine. He knows where I live. We've been there 20 years. He's been there three years. I haven't seen him since. It's like he came into my life at the perfect time for the perfect lesson, and now he's gone. And it's like, thank you. I got to, I got to move that energy. Instead of shoving it down, instead of nursing it along and staying angry, thank God for yoga and meditation and reading a lot of books and having counseling in the past, I had some tools to move that, witness it, allow it to be, and say goodbye. That is a lovely story. Because the truth is, I can't imagine you yelling at your neighbor. I know, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, what I love about it is that you, you took the time to find what was the takeaway. What, what was the lesson in that interaction? And it wasn't that you were blameful of this man, really, or yourself. You just, you figured out, hey, I, I was in a bad mood. Clearly, he was in a bad mood. 
you know, the dog triggered him. He triggered you. A little triangulation thing going on there with Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Did you talk to Molly to get her to process her little doggy emotions? She's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that that is such a great um, takeaway for everyone to, to look at when you're all riled up. Mm-hmm. When you're all fired up about something, whether it's fear or guilt or shame or mm-hmm. anger, mm-hmm. right? Is what what am I supposed to be learning right now? Yes. What do I feel and where do I feel it? What do I feel and where do I feel it? Over and over and over again. And if you can get into the chakra system, you will be leagues ahead figuring out where you feel it what chakra, what button has been pushed, where that trigger is, and you can process a lot faster. Absolutely. Because we all hold those emotions in different places. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all that correspondence to organs, mm-hmm. right? Is liver is anger. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you're going to feel it in your liver. You may feel it in your throat chakra. Oh, yeah. Right? You can feel anger in any chakra. Yes. And fear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the good stuff, too. Celebrating the good stuff is so important. Isn't it, though? I, I, think, I think we all have an underused laughter chakra. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We need a joke and laughter chakra. Oh, well, would you like to tell your latest joke? <gasps> I would love to tell my latest joke. Okay, let's hear it. I wish I had made it up. I have to give the credit to the radio. I hope I can give it justice. Why are chickens so awesome? I, I have no idea, Barb. Why are chickens so awesome? Because! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, and you snorted. Even better. Even better. It's as if we're, you know, seven. <laughs> seven is good. Yeah, seven's a good age. Here's a joke I haven't told you that my son uh, made up many, many years ago when he was in first grade. Where do fishes go for wishes? I don't know. Where do fishes go for wishes? To their fairy codmother. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note of laughter, I want to say thank you for being a part of the show. If people want to get in touch with you, it's yogaworksindy.com yes ma'am and it's w-o-r-x yes they can catch you on facebook mm-hmm. yoga works of indianapolis on facebook and if you really want them to call what's your phone number 317-546-7650 barb kennedy you're a treasure thank, so are you thank you you're a peach <laughs> are you dealing with anxiety pain insomnia or inflammation If so, then CBD may be the answer you are seeking. At CBD Jubilee, we understand that you may have tried many different supplements and medications without success. CBD is a different kind of supplement. It works on a system in your body to get your whole self back in balance. We hope you will come talk to us at 6418 Carrollton Avenue in Broadripple, or you may check out our website, cbdjubilee.com. Thanks for tuning in. 
Please join us next week for a new edition of Ask the Resource Queen. Yeah.